Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. We all know the Final Four tips off today, but... This is also the last early odds before the Masters. So pro sports better Spenny Mack will be dropping by. And so will Eli Herskovich in just a moment. I don't care how long you've been into sports betting. It's an evolving industry and there's always lessons to be learned. And I'm in a position right now I haven't been in before. So, And I'm not quite sure exactly how I'm going to handle it. I have futures on two of the final four in the NCAA tournament, a 101 on Texas Tech and a 60 to 1 on Auburn. And at this moment, I'm still examining all my options and figuring out a game plan for later on today. And I don't think there's a right answer. It really comes down to what kind of a better are you? Do you like to hedge or not? Why did you originally buy this position for a future? So you have to weigh a lot of different factors and, of course, handicapping the games. What do you think is going to happen? Do you have the favorite or do you have the underdog? So a lot to go over. We'll probably go over in more detail next week on Early Odds. No pressure, Eli Hershkovich. Last Saturday morning when we were sitting here, we went a perfect 4-0 on the weekend. And I don't know what it was because I don't do this very often but I threw in a four-team parlay, and I was texting you, <laughs> hey, I'm doing it. You're like, eh, I'm not really feeling a part of it. No, I'm doing it. I had that feeling, and sometimes as betters, we have it, and uh, happy that one cashed. That was a fun weekend. Yeah, you brought me into the parlay, too. About two minutes after uh, you said you were going to do it, I jumped in on it as well. So uh, we were both pretty happy last weekend. I was just trying to decide what to do with Virginia. Do I do a bunch of money lines? I didn't feel comfortable laying the four and a half, although I did it in a bet. And Virginia, lucky with the money line and extremely lucky if you had Virginia minus four and a half. And it was a really bad beat if you had the Boilermakers plus four and a half. Let's say, yeah, we were hot. We had a great weekend, but almost all of those games could have gone either way. A lot of luck involved. And sometimes that happens in handicapping, especially when you have sharp lines, very public games like Sweet 16, Elite Eight and Final Four. 
The two semifinal games today in the Twin Cities. They're calling it for some reason a 509 tip. I'm sure there's some method to the madness there. Don't quite understand. Top seeded Virginia under Tony Bennett takes on fifth seeded Auburn with head coach Bruce Pearl. A lot of people in this state rooting against the Auburn Tigers, hoping that Virginia can come through. The Cavaliers are favored by five and a half, a total of 131. That's up a tick. It opened at 130, but Eli, the matchup I'm looking forward to here, just the guard play with Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter going up against uh, Jared Harper and Bryce Brown. And you think about what Vegas opened the line at, at five and a half. I think they were expecting more Auburn money or sharp money to come on in and push this line down to four because over 60% of the money, over 60% of the bets so far have been on Auburn. And you think about the Tigers coming into this game, winners are 12 straight outright and covering eight of those games. So not only have they been helpful to Auburn money line betters, but uh, Auburn against the spread betters as well. And the key for this Auburn team is they produce the sixth highest scoring rate from behind the arc. Like you mentioned with Harper and Brown, this team wants to gun it from behind the arc, even without Chumo Kiki, who tore his ACL against UNC, who's also a big three-point shooter, who was a big three-point shooter and a a key rebounder for that team against UNC. But it's still, this offense under Bruce Pearl is still primarily uh, centered around their three-point shooting. And coming into this game, I get it, Virginia has allowed the third lowest three-point clip in college basketball, but they've also allowed the 104th highest three-point scoring rate in the country at 34.0%. So that means the majority of the opponent's points are coming from behind the arc. A pack line defense wants to limit ball penetration into the paint, but they are susceptible to the threes. And that's what Auburn wants to do. We saw it last week with Purdue's Carson Edwards. He shot 10 and 19 from behind the arc. Jared Harper shoots it at 37.1% from three. And Bryce Brown shoots it at 42.6% from deep. Neither of these guys can produce the same numbers as Carson Edwards. Bryce Brown and Jared Harper aren't going to put up 42 points individually, but they did combine for 50 points against Kentucky in that Elite Eight matchup where Auburn advanced to the Final Four. The other key for Auburn in this game to cover, like I mentioned, I do expect them to do so, is speeding Virginia up. The Hoos want to play at a slow tempo. They average the, the fewest possessions per game at just under 60 per game. I expect Auburn to be able to hang around with Virginia on the glass. Wiley, McLemore, Dowdy, Purifoy, they had a tremendous game last week against Kentucky in terms of gang rebounding. And if you could speed up Virginia and control the glass and make them play fast, which they had to do for a little bit of the second half against Purdue, this Auburn team will be in great shape. Yeah, looking at what has happened over the last couple games with Virginia, they survive against Purdue. They just hung on by four against Oregon. So it did shock me as well, and we were talking about it at the time when the line dropped five and a half. That's definitely going to come down, and I'm surprised that we're sitting here on game day and it's still five and a half. I agree with you there. Auburn plus five and a half, and they have a shot to win. Just quickly, straight up, are you taking Virginia or Auburn? If I was betting money line, especially a money line parlay, which I would consider doing, I'm taking Auburn. You would take him? Yes. And it doesn't have anything to do with this is the team you picked going to the title game. Just looking at this matchup, you think the Tigers, what, 50-50 shot, are you saying? Or better? I would say 55-45. 55-45 Auburn. So you're saying this line is way off. From a betting perspective, I think you're going to get a letdown performance from Virginia coming off that miracle comeback against Purdue. And Auburn coming off a big-time performance against Kentucky in overtime with Jared Harper 
dominating that session is going to win this game. Okay, take Auburn plus five and a half. The primetime matchup out of the Big Ten, Michigan State takes on the three. Texas Tech, Cassius Winston, a monster during the Big Ten tournament, and that's continued in the NC two ways. Then a guy that's finally getting some credit. You've been talking about him for a long time, but finally the nation is understanding how good Jarrett Culver is. Jarrett Culver is a stud. He owns the most defensive wind shears in college basketball at 3.4. So that's his impact on the defensive end. We're talking more than Gonzaga's Brandon Clark. And for those of you who are unaware who Brandon Clark is, the Gonzaga big, Rui Hachimura got a lot of the praise for the Bulldogs this season. But Brandon Clark is one of the best two-way bigs in college basketball. But back to Culver, again, just a dominant force, was able to match up with Hachimura in the Elite Eight. Guard a big, a 6'5", Jared Culver, mind you, against a power forward, a 6'9", 6'10", forward in Rui Hachimura, an elite forward, an elite scoring forward for Gonzaga. But over to this matchup with the Michigan State. On defense for Texas Tech, the key for the Red Raiders to stopping Michigan State is their ball pressure because the Spartans want to run, pick, and roll a ton. That's what their offense is predicated on. The highest scoring rate among three-pointers for Michigan State, two-pointers, and from the free-throw line, their highest scoring rate comes from uh, inside the arc. So they want to run pick and roll with Winston, get the ball to Ward, get the ball to Tillman on the pick and roll. Texas Tech has allowed one of the lowest two-point scoring rates in college basketball. So Michigan State is going to struggle in that sense. But where the Spartans have the advantage is on the glass. The 24th highest offensive rebounding rate in the country. I expect Xavier Tillman, Nick Ward, Kenny Goins to dominate the glass on the offensive side of things. And even Matt McQuaid. Too as well. He's an underrated offensive rebounder for the Spartans team. Jarrett Culver plays at the four spots with the power forward spot 44% of the time. That's according to Kempom. So Michigan State is going to have a bigger lineup for the majority of this game on the floor. Now you might say, well, that didn't help Gonzaga against Texas Tech in terms of the Bulldogs having a bigger lineup. This MSU lineup is a much more dominant offensive rebounding team. Now over to the other side of the floor for Texas Tech. This is one of the best shooting teams in the country, and it's surprising to say that because of the way they they played from the majority of Big 12 play, but they got hot with Matt Mooney and Jarrett Culver in the latter part of their conference play. Michigan State hasn't faced this good of a shooting team from the effective field goal percentage perspective since December 21st in Oakland, a Horizon League freaking team. We're talking the UIC conference. So Texas Tech is going to be able to pose a challenge to Michigan State in terms of their shooting, but... Tom Izzo with six days to prep for this matchup could pose a different look to Chris Beard and company could put some ball pressure and try to get out and transition and try to create turnovers. Even though this Michigan state team, that's not where their defense was relying upon for much of the season. So I expect Michigan state to give Texas tech that different look we've seen over the last three games against Minnesota, against LSU and against Duke get out to early leads from the get go. So I expect uh, Michigan State to try to get their transition game rolling. How you do that is you put some pressure on the ball and you get to the free throw line. Texas Tech has allowed one of the highest free throw rates in the country as well. And and Michigan State, that's what they thrived on in Big Ten play. Look for MSU to have the advantage in the fast break with Cassius Winston. Look for him to hit some big shots and for MSU to cover the two and a half. And as much as we're looking forward to the play on the court the matchup between the coaches, Chris Beard and Tom Izzo, will be a lot of fun. So you're saying take the dog in Auburn, take the favorite in Michigan State. I'm with you on Auburn. I just can't say 
Michigan State. I think both of these matchups are a lot closer than the point spread suggests. One thing I do know, it's going to be fun tonight. Can't wait until Monday. Eli, you've been with us throughout the entire tournament, even going back to the conference tournaments. Thank you so much once again for all of your time for the Early Odds listeners. Thanks, Joe. Follow Eli Herskovich on Twitter by his name, at Eli Herskovich. And after the NFL, golf has become my favorite sport to bet, whether you're talking about outrights, top 10, top 5, matchups for tournament, matchups for the round. Then when it comes to the majors, there are so many prop bets available and also different pools to get involved in. Coming on Early Odds now, I welcome in Spencer McElmoyle. He is at SpennyMac84 on Twitter. And Spencer, on your Twitter profile, you label yourself as a prop bet connoisseur. And we've talked about this in the past, but can you explain to the audience the kind of prop bets that interest you? Uh, I'm always looking to uh, be in for low risk and high reward. So the kind of prop bets I look at, I mix in some virtual sports and long-term parlays. Uh, For the Masters, I've uh, done 40 golfers, which I've parlayed with Oklahoma to win the college football championship the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl next year, and the Calgary Stampeders to win the Grey Cup. So I'm in for about $170. All of them roughly pay around fifty grand. Okay, so you'll pick about 40 golfers. That's your starting point. You parlay that with a few other things. And the key here, though, is for people that go offshore is to use a cash-out website, correct? Yes, that is uh, always in mind. Two years ago, where I had Sergio Garcia, Alabama, and the Patriots, and I, we all know how that ended up, how I hit the cash-out button after the Deion Lewis fumble against the Jaguars in the AFC Championship. I was in for about 280 I walked away with about $6,260. Uh, last year, my parlay was, uh, I had golfers once again at the Masters. I had Clemson to win the College Football Championship. I went a little bit outside the box and took the Jaguars, so that did not turn out very well. <laughs> uh, Is your starting point for these prop bets every year always the Masters, or do you do it for all the majors? I always start with the Masters. Right, because it's the first one of the year, but I was just wondering, is there a strategy behind it? Because it seems like from year to year, it's a lot of the same guys that are always top 10 at Augusta. Yeah, it's uh, the randomness of someone winning from way, way down below is very minimal. You look at the field, like we have um, 86 guys in the field. So taking 40, obviously, I have 50% of the field. And there's probably about 20 guys you can rule out that are just not going to win this. And people always bring up Danny Willett because at a time there was a monster number on him in 2016 when he won. But what they forget is that he was a top 20 player in the world at the time. And you could push down to top 10 and maybe top 20, and then you're pushing it. Going outside the top 20 in the world, usually not winning the Masters. Yeah, exactly. Danny Willett that year was uh, ranked 13th. Uh, I saw a number open up at uh, plus 15,000. I actually got him at plus 10,000. I parlayed him with a, a volleyball matchup. <laughs> I, I, it was a European volleyball matchup that was like 1.8, and I put it together with it, and I put $30, I think, on it, and it paid out to 5,000. I actually clicked the cash-out button at 4,600. The funny thing about that, the story when I was watching it, was uh, on Sunday, we always get together, my buddies and I, and we have a big uh, Master Sunday, and uh, I saw Jordan Spieth go up five strokes after hole nine, and I went to click the cash-out button for the Danny Willett. They were offering me $326. 
And I go to click it, and it's spinning, and it's spinning, and it's spinning. It says cash out not available. And I was so mad, so angry. I said, forget it. I'm just going to ride it out. And sure enough, yeah, I rode it out to the 17th green after the speed blow up and cashed out about $4,600. Legendary. Oh, that had to be a great uh, day in the Spenny Mac household. So 2019 Masters, uh, it set up the schedule a little bit differently this year. We got the PGA Championship right around the corner. I think it's fantastic. But as far as the Masters, do you have all of the golfers that you'll be using in parlays and the ones that you really like in other bets that you'll be placing? Yes, I do. All right, let's roll through them. Uh, so there's five guys that I like that I can envision wearing the green jacket. And uh, when I locked in this bet March 5th, the odds I got for the outright, the first one is Rory McIlroy. I got him at plus 1,100. The narrative's there that uh, the career grand slam is on the line. Current form, first, sixth, second, fourth, fifth, and fourth in his last six outings. In the course history, last year, fifth. Before that, seventh, tenth, fourth, and eighth. Key statistics, driving distance fourth, shots gained, tee to green. I fear that if the conditions do get tough, Rory seems to fizzle out. A great website is uh, windfinder.com. If you type in Augusta slash Daniel Field, Daniel Field is actually the local airfield that's only three miles from the golf course. So if you want to keep up to date on the wind, the rain, the gusts, and all that, that's a great website to follow. Uh, My next pick is Justin Rose at plus 1,200. Joe, if you said to me, pick one guy with all the golfers with the same odds, it would be Justin Rose. Current form, eighth at the players. He had 63rd at the API. He won the Farmers already this year. Course history, 12th last year, 2nd, 10th, 2nd, 14th, 25th, 8th, and 11th. Uh, key statistics, driving distance, 30th. Shots gained to the green, 26th. Scrambling around the green, which might play a little bit an important role this week with the different levels of the green. Uh, he is 8th. Approach from 175 to 200, he is second. So I really like Justin Rose. Another guy, you know, you know where I'm going here. It's my auto bet, and we've uh, talked on Twitter about him before. That's Paul Casey, a plus 3300. I view him as like an ex-girlfriend. You know, you go out and you're having a good time before, and then you break up, and then you see him win, and now you want to get back together because he looks so good. Course history, he's 15th, 6th, 4th six in his last four outings out here uh current form he has the podium trifecta if you will first at valspar second at pebble beach third at mexico key stats he's 12 to the green par 5 scoring which i think will be pivotal this week is six uh driving actually ninth uh the best pick i feel for odds wise is my next guy hideki matsuyama plus four thousand course history 19th 11th 7th and 5th the last four years uh, he's had some great results this year, 8th uh, at the Players, 19th at Mexico, 9th at Genesis, 15th at the Waste Management, 3rd at the Farmers. What Hideki does so well, shots gained tee to green 2nd, scrambling 2nd, driving distance 16th. He is a stat guru. I always bug my buddies. I say, you know what, I think I could beat this guy at the local putt-putt. <laughs> I really do. I really think I could beat Hideki Matsuyama in a mini golf. And they all laugh at me. Of course, I'm just yucking it up. And my last pick, uh, he's taken a lot of heat this year. We always saw him as a good guy, and that's Matt Kuchar at plus 5,000. The Georgia Tech graduate, course history of 28th, 4th, 24th, 46th, 5th, 6th, 3rd. Key statistics, shots gained, tee to green, 14th, par 5 scoring, ninth. Greens and regulation first. He's had some mixed results, but he has two wins already this year. 
And we know about the uh, caddy debacle with the tip, and most recently the Sergio match play <laughs> controversy. Uh, I, I laughed at the video with Sergio and Matt Kuchar in the golf cart because it kind of looked like Sergio was like a ventriloquist doll, and Kuchar was like not even letting him speak. And when he did, Sergio would say a few things, and so I found that quite funny actually. So those are my five main picks for the Masters. Yeah, pick a side on that one between Sergio and Kucher. I'll take neither, okay? Because I don't find either guy very likable, especially right now. So, Spenny Mac, the one thing that really jumps out, sure, Rory, Rose, Casey, Hideki, Kucher, with their current form and course history at the Masters, all makes a lot of sense. The guy you left out, one of the best with course history, but he's having an awful season. Are you considering Jordan Spieth? Yeah, I knew you were going to go there at one point. I actually put him on a parlay earlier in the year where I took the four majors and I took him in that parlay. It was like a $9 parlay to pay like $880,000. I'm just not going to be on him, even though the course history is immaculate, being third, 11th, second, first, and second. The golden boy, as they call him, the golden child, if you want to call him that, the whiner, I just, (laughs) you know, I, I can't be on him. It would be funny to watch though Patrick Reed put on the green jacket on Jordan Spieth. I feel like maybe Patrick Reed would pull a Shooter McGavin and take the jacket and not put it on him. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Jordan Spieth, his number has fluctuated from plus 900. I saw plus 2,200. Right now in my book, he's plus 1,800. He's everywhere, but he's a statistical nightmare this season, and I don't want to have any bit of him. Yeah, you know, people are going to bet him just because of the course history there. So you're going to bet outright winners, of course. We talked about the parlays. Any other sort of bets that you'll be doing for the Masters? The bombs that I will be doing, uh, I like Poulter at plus 8,000. I feel like he's a grinder. So if the conditions get tough and the scoring is not so low, I'll take him. The total polar opposite of that would be Charlie Hoffman, plus 15,000. He's super streaky if the scoring goes low. I'll take him, even though maybe he can't put four total rounds together, but that's why he's plus 15000 And the other bet that I will be doing will be the uh, to make the cut parlay. I'll be looking to put 14 guys together, uh, ranging from 4000 to 4500 that I will bet on it. Usually last year I think I got 12.5 to 1 on the odds, and it was a loser. Uh, we had the uh, Sergio Garcia go Fulton Cup on hole 15, so that was uh, a little high rating for me, if you will. And and I had also Alex Noren, who blew up Friday afternoon on the back nine. So I was 12 to 14 the year before, was the winner, where 2,000 paid 62,000 with 14 guys. So I will be back in the uh, the make-the-cut parlay for the Masters. All right, excellent. And people should be following you on Twitter, at SpennyMac84, because you post some of your bets there. So if you're wondering, wait, what's he talking about, make-the-cut parlay? You post a picture of exactly what you do, and it isn't available everywhere, but people should check it out. Spencer McElmoyle, it's going to be a great week. Best of luck. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Really love Spinny Mac's approach. Uh, makes me consider going after some of those monster hits from time to time. So thanks to professional sports better Spencer McElmoyle and Eli Hershkovich. I'll get into some more Masters coverage on Monday night's 6 to 10 show right here on 670 The Score. Don't forget, subscribe and download the podcast. Just search Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski and also search Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score to subscribe to the night show. For this week, I'll talk to you on Monday and Friday nights, 6 to 10, and also 
next Saturday at 8.30, right here for Early Odds. Coming up next, Inside the Clubhouse, right here on The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.